Amen. Thank you, Sister Naomi, for that wonderful song. Isn't that like a, a really God-glorifying song? Um, while listening to it, you can just reflect on, you know, the love of God, how He did it, and He did the saving. He did the saving by Himself because there's no one else that can help Him carry that cross. Only Him. And we just thank God, even though he did it by himself, he did not stop. He kept on going, carrying that cross of um, sin for us. And he, the Bible says that he was made sin for us. And approaching the Lenten season, you'll be hearing a lot more about uh, the story of the cross, about the story of uh, Christ's suffering. And may we take this time... Uh, to revive our hearts once again, because I believe uh, that is one of the things that um, will help us to revive our spiritual life, to um, be more on fire to God when we look back, look back at what happened on the cross of Calvary. All right, so I'm so excited uh, this afternoon once again, and this is such a great privilege for me to uh, be um, standing before you and to, our, to all our online viewers, to our online community, welcome once again, and I hope that um, you are still here with us. I don't know um, if you're having your coffee with you, but um, that's your advantage. You know, we can, we can see what you're doing, so uh, you can do anything that you can just to keep yourself awake. Oh, uh, okay, so... I'm going to take this off. Um, we just really appreciate all of you, uh, especially to those who are home. You know, um, I know that you are, we can really feel your presence. And Brother Gilbert, how many viewers do we have right now? Oh, okay, so we have 20. And, you know, that's like times two, times three, because, you know, sometimes each family, they just use one device. So it doesn't mean that we only have 20 viewers. But we really appreciate your presence with us. We can feel... Um, you with us, and we believe that we are all here because we want to worship God in spirit and in truth. And without further ado, let's all grab our Bibles and open it with me in the book of Psalm 127. Shall we all stand please as we give reverence to the reading of God's word? <clears throat> all right, um, Psalm 127, and we'll read the whole chapter, there's only five verses, but actually we're only going to focus on verse number one. But uh, it's not going to hurt us to read all the verses of this chapter. Since there's only five, shall we read it all together? All right, on uh, first verse, ready now, begin. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late. To eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, once again, we praise you, we lift up your name. We um, are so 
overwhelmed by your presence and your power in our midst. And we believe that where two or three are gathered together in your name, your presence will always be with us. And not just your presence, but even your power. Lord, we want to ask for the moving of the Holy Spirit, for his power to be in our midst this afternoon, because without his presence, without his power, without your power, I believe our our assembly is in vain before thee. So, Lord, we need you, Lord. Please be with us. And I pray that you open our hearts, that we would be able to behold wonderful things out of thy law. And humble, uh, help me to humble myself. I cannot do anything, Lord God, without you. And please use me mightily, anoint my lips, and also open our hearts and our minds. Forgive us, Lord, from our sins and shortcomings. And we just want to really be blessed by your word. Speak to us in a very special way this afternoon. This is all we pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen. All right, you may now be seated. Okay, I just want to make sure that we're all awake and... Um, to the person to your right, why don't you look at the person to your right and then tell him, I'm glad you're here with me. To your right. This is going to be really contradicting, which everyone's like looking to their right. All right, I'm glad you're here with me. All right, to the person on your left, why don't you tell that person, I'm glad I don't look like you. <laughs> All right, uh, most of you are sitting with your family. Um, that can't be true because some of your family, you know, maybe there's a resemblance, so you can say, I don't look like you, but you actually look the same. All right, so I hope that, uh, what time is it? It's 3.30. Um, okay, let's go to the Word. The title of our message this afternoon is none other than Guess. <laughs> Going Onward. All right, the first time I've been doing this series, we started from going forward, and then the next one is going upward. Now, it sounds like the same going forward, but we'll make it a little bit different, going onward. And the subtitle is how to keep going in the ministry. How to keep going in the ministry. The word onward means it is in a continuing forward direction. So it's just like the same as going forward. All right, so how to keep going in the ministry. All right, we all believe that we are saved to serve. Amen? We are saved to serve. We always hear this from preachings, Lord, when um, we, we always hear this from preaching that, you know, when God saved us, it's not Lord, I accept you, I give my trust and surrender my faith in you, and then boom, you did not go to heaven or you did not die right away. You're still here on earth, but you know our final destination is already in heaven, so why don't God just take us away right after we, get, we got saved, right? Why? Because God still has a purpose in our life, amen? God still has a purpose why we are still here on earth. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do, and our life will be really remarkable and meaningful if we let God use our lives. Let me repeat that. It will be remarkable, it will be meaningful if we let God, not this world, because this world can also use us, right? This world can also utilize what we have, the talents that we have, the time that we have, but why don't we let God use us. You know, we are saved to serve. 
And you know, during this pandemic, I hope that yes, sometimes uh, some of our ministries were minimized, were um, a little bit of berated because of the um, violations that we can um, commit if we still keep on doing those things. But I, I believe that there are a lot of things that we can still do to serve God even during this uh, troubled time that we are in. You know, there are ministries that we can still do, and God wants us to keep on doing them, to keep on going, to going on forward to the ministries that God has entrusted us. So that's the goal for this afternoon's lesson, for us to have the objective, for us to have the desire to keep on worshiping, to keep on serving, to keep on working for, for God, for His glory. Now, going back to our text this afternoon in Psalm 27, verse 1 to 5, actually, this is a verse that our pastor usually used when he dedicates, you know, babies, you know, uh, when the, we have baby dedication, especially that first verse, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. This chapter is actually talking about home. This is talking about home and the children and the parents' responsibility to, God, to raise godly children. You know, if you want to learn a, a lot about, you know, how to train, how, uh, how to um, really make your child godly in the sight of God, you can read this verse and you can, like, really meditate on it. This, because this is all about home and children and parents' responsibility. However... I would like us to take this one verse and use it, and I'm going to preach some several key aspects regarding the ministry. You know, since the work of God is pretty much always likened, and it has a lot of same, uh, um, there's a lot of many, there's a lot and many similarities and interchangeable aspects to building a house, you know, the work of God. And I'd like to draw some truths from verse 1 and deal with the ministry, because the church is often described or referred to as the house of God, right? The house of God. And we that are involved in the ministry are, as Paul described, wise master builders. You know, we are the ones that's trying to be involved in the work of God. Paul described, uh, described us and referred to us as a wise master builders. And there are three times, if we're going to read from verse 1 and 2, three times we can read here the word vain. The word vain, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. Except the Lord keep the sea, the watchman awaketh, but in vain. Second verse, it is vain for you to rise up early to see the place. So this is the tragedy of a ministry that missed it. You know, that's why we need to learn how to keep on going and not to mess up the ministry that God has given us. Because it, if it is messed up, it is going to be in vain in the sight of God. So what are the keys? What are the secrets that we have to keep on remembering how to be able to keep on going to the ministry, to the involvement that God has entrusted us? I'm going to share with you three main points this afternoon. The first one is don't forget the wonder. Don't forget the wonder. Now, what is this talking about? Verse 1, it says there, except the Lord build. There's the wonder. You know, it is God. You know, always remember that we are partnered with God the Almighty. 
Amen, Christians, to those who are servers, to those who are ministers, to those who are leaders, teachers. You know, you have a heart to do anything that God wants you to do. Remember, we are always partnered with God, the Almighty, the creator of this world. It is the Father's business. This is His church. This is not, yes, this church was um, uh, started by Pastor Max and led by Pastor Sam, but we all don't claim that this is our church. This is the Lord's church. Amen? This is His church, which He purchased with His own blood. His own blood, and God called us to serve Him and to work for Him, to work with Him, actually. Not vice versa, right? It's not, not we called God to serve us and to work for us. You know, when we got saved, we thought that, oh, I wanna, I'm going to heaven. I hope that the Lord will just take care of everything that I need, okay? But no, when God called us, He called us to work and serve with Him. You know, being involved in ministry is a miracle. Being involved in a ministry is a miracle. Not everyone wants to do things like what we're doing. You know, not everyone has this kind of heart that they will surrender. Even though some people, those uh, students, uh, Bible students, they have like a good life. They have career, they have good jobs. But you know, one day God talked to them and revealed them such a tremendous... Um, path that they can take, that they will be used mightily in reaching those lost souls, you know what would they do? They would give up. They would sing, I'd rather have Jesus than the fame of this world, than the money of this world. You know, they would give up anything. So if you have that kind of heart, you know, it's always a miracle if you have the heart in the ministry. Being involved in ministry is a miracle, and God lets us work with Him. And don't forget that it is His ministry and not ours. Don't forget the wonder. You know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 9? Are you still with me? Yes. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 to 9, the Bible says, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the, the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together. You know, the Bible says for God, but he included us. He included himself working with us, right? For we are laborers together with God Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. Isn't that amazing? You know, you know, there are times in our life when we do things to God that we feel like we're doing it by ourselves. But let me remind you that we're never alone. We're never by ourselves in doing things for God. God is always helping us. You know what? The Old Testament saints had to be born in the right tribe in order to serve in the ministry. You know, when God um, called the Israelites, of course, God uh, consecrated them, and he chose this certain family, this certain tribe that will do these spiritual things, sacred things, work in the tabernacles. It is very consecrated and very um, assigned to this specific tribe. And which tribe is it? 
the Levites, right? The Levites had the distinct honor of laboring and serving in the ministry. It is an honor. Okay, let me repeat that. Serving God is an honor. Amen? It is a privilege. So the task of serving in the Old Testament tabernacle was spread out among the three sons of Levi. Can you, do you know the three sons of Levi? Is it Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Or is it Joseph, Benjamin, or... You know, the uh, three sons of Levi are Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. So when, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, our Bible study groups is so funny because we've been reading numbers. And we just finished it last um, Friday, and we're so glad because you know how numbers are. Like all family names. And um, Sister Lella made up like our own names, you know. Uh, so these uh, three sons are the Gershonites, since his name is Gershon. So the whole tribe is called, or the whole family is called Gershonites, Kohathites, and the Merarites. Okay, so these are the three sons of Levi, and they are the ones in charge of, you know, serving in the Old Testament tabernacle. They're the ones preparing for the offering and all those sacrifices. You know, very special calling for these specific people. That's in the Old Testament. But you know what? In the New Testament, in the New Testament church dispensation, God has, you know what's amazing? He recruited all of us. It is open for everyone, the service, the honor of glorifying Him in ministry and service. It is offered to all of us. You know, in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 19, the Bible says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word reconciliation. This is such a, a ministry that God has offered to us, the, the ministry of reconciliation. And there's a lot of ministry that God has given us. So you know the Gershonites in the Old Testament? Now, since everyone is welcome, we can have the Manaluites, the Bakliliites, the Callingites, the Bernalites, the Balitaanites, Amen, the Simbankonites, the Sayaanites, the Castillolites, Amen. We can all be part of the ministry. We can all be part of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And these are the ministries. I itemize them. First, God allows us to play a small part in the salvation of lost souls. The verse that we have read, the ministry of reconciliation, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And what, do, what, uh, what lies to that ministry, salvation of lost souls here in our church? We have evangelism, amen. We have soul winning, we have discipleship, and we have global missions. You know, God allows us to play. It is a small part. You know, whatever we do, because the big part, it is God. Remember, God is the one giving the increase. So if we try to share a, a, the story, the love message of God, we are playing a small part in the salvation. You know, when we try to give something to missions and the missionaries use them to, to you know, proclaim the gospel, we are playing a small part in the salvation of lost souls. 
You know, when we share our testimony, you know, when we win others for God, for Christ, we are playing a small part in the salvation of lost souls. Amen. So the question is, how is our ministry when it comes to evangelism, soul winning, discipleship, and global missions? You know, I was, um, my lesson in my Bible study group now is about the secrets to having an abundant life. Secrets to having an abundant life. And there's actually six. And last Friday, I was planning to share two things, but we just finished one because we, there was a lot of like really great nuggets in the lesson. So in order for us to be able to have an abundant life, first is we have to bear fruit. We have to bear fruit as a Christian. If we are connected to the vine, of course, if you're a Christian, we have to bear fruit. And the, uh, I have discussed about four different kinds of fruits. And the first fruit, you know, we know the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's part of it. But the first one, according to the lesson, the first fruit is the soul. Amen? The soul of man. When we get to use ourselves, bear fruit, use our lives, and then some other people get saved, that is the fruit that God is expecting us. Amen? As a Christian, how is our desire to be used by God to share the gospel message. You know, I'm guilty of this also. When was the last time I was able to share the gospel? And I heard like a teaching, a preaching of someone. If there is something that we should be good at, you know, there are a lot of things in this world that we're good at, but if a, you're a Christian, if there is something that we are supposed to be good at, that is we should be good at sharing what we have sharing the salvation story of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I can always encourage you to start by praying that the Lord will use you and me to share the gospel. It is not just during evangelism conference, it's not just during missions conference, but every day in our lives. I love the prayer of Sister J. I was able to hear the lesson from the ladies because I was here. No, her prayer is that every opportunity that we have, that we can share the gospel to other people. That should always be part of our prayer. And God allows us to be part of this great ministry. Not just that, God also allows us to give an investment program that is out of this world, right? And what is that? The ministry that we have in our church, we have finance, we have auditing. I'm talking about uh, the tithes and offering, this privilege that we have in this church, household of faith, giving, missions, giving, love. Oh, I'm not a member of this church, and I don't think I want to be a member because there's a lot of giving. No, but, you know, if you're going to ask the church members in our church, they always um, love to give to the Lord. You know, I'm so blessed. Even when we have missionaries, when we give love gifts to them, they are just so jaw-dropped overwhelmed by the generosity of our church. And let me tell you, this is such an honor and a privilege for us to give to an investment program. You know, we, we believe that when we lay up treasure in heaven, when we give something to God, we always lay treasures in heaven where neither moth nor wrath exist. You know, it's not going to be um, gone. All the things we have in this world will be gone, but if you want to invest into something that will last for eternity, give something to the kingdom of God. You know, there's an illustration about giving to God. The junior Sunday school teacher asked her eight eager 10-year-old, 10-year-olds if they would give a million to the missionaries. So there was a teacher, you know, he has those little kids and he asked them, 
would you give a million dollars to the missionaries? Maybe they have like missions program. And you know what the kids said? Yes! They all screamed, yes, we're going to give a million dollars to the missionaries. Now, she asked another question, this teacher. Would you give a thousand? Again, the kids shouted, yes, yes, we want to give them a thousand dollars. Now, the teacher asked, how about a hundred? Oh, yes, we would. We all agreed. So they agreed the same. Now, she asked another question. Would you just give a dollar to the missionary, she asked. The boys exclaimed, yes, just as before, except this one little boy, except for Johnny. He did not say yes. So Johnny, the teacher said, as she noticed the boy clutching his pocket, why, didn't you, why did you not say yes this time? Well, the boy stammered, I have a dollar. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's easy to do things that we don't know that we, we can do it, but if you have something that you know you have something that you can do, sometimes it's hard to give it, right? Well, I think there's a message in that one. So giving, it is a privilege. It is an honor. It is always a pleasure when we give something to God and his ministry. So what other ministries that we have? Also, God allows us to influence and impact the lives of other people. And what's the uh, ministries linked to that? Ministry of service, you know, ministry of music, ushers and transportation, property and space. You know, uh, Brother Jackson, just if you notice our church a little bit brighter this time, you know, sometimes when we have a choir, we can see the person in the back because it's so dark, even though we have spotlights. Uh, Brother Jackson was here and he put up, installed new uh, lights in our church. That's why I feel like I'm in heaven right now. It's so bright, right? And w when someone do that kind of act, you know what happens? It always influences us. It always impacts our lives, right? When we do things for other people, when we serve, when we sing songs for the glory of God and for others to be blessed, we are impacting their lives. We, we're becoming influence to them. Amen? Also, God allows us to show his love to the unloved. And what is this ministry? Fellowship, right? When we gather together, and of course, there's the swallow ship. Amen. We show his love. We know when we, it's too bad we cannot shake hands. It's still so weird, right? Especially when we have like guests, you know, we wanted to shake them, shake their hands, not shake them, to shake their hands, give them a hug, welcome them. But we cannot do it. All we just do is boom, boom, boom. Fist bump, right? I hope that this is going to get over really soon because we just miss everyone. We miss what we used to do. All right, so fellowship, when we show his love to the and love, when we show love to other people, we are fellowshiping with one another, and this is such a great privilege for us. Also, God allows us to take his word and teach it, preach it, and instruct others, and this lies to the ministry of education. Amen? Aren't you glad if you are, if you are, um, if you are privileged to teach, to preach in this church, are you glad that God has called you into that ministry? Amen? Amen. If you are teaching, you know, sometimes it's hard. Preaching, sometimes it's hard. You know, it's hard standing before people. 
But if God called you and all you just wanted to do is be a blessing and you do it, I believe God is very pleased when we do that. And I, you know what? I'm really so excited when we have this uh, Good Friday service. Maybe next week because I'm just waiting for one person to say yes. Okay, and we have the complete seven. <laughs> I'm not going to say lucky seven. Complete seven because we need seven preachers. And these preachers, they're not, you know, our deacons. Okay, they're the men of our church, and I believe maybe it's their first time. I know what is so uh, funny, because last Wednesday, you know what happened to our live stream last Wednesday? You know, our Wi-Fi acted up for some reason. We have such a slow connection, so um, usually I see comments. Maybe you can't put comments anymore when we do that live stream, but Brother Gilbert messaged me, is it just me? Because our live stream is lagging, and I can tell it also from my phone, so there's a problem. And when, it, when that happens, you know, I always, what to do, what to do? And Brother Gilbert is not here. Usually he's like my, you know, shang lagging shock absorber. And when that time comes, usually I'm going to text him a lot. of what, 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 what do I need to do? I always freak out. But for some reason, I was so calm last Wednesday. And maybe he told me, maybe, maybe you're just used to it now. But you know, one of the reasons why I was so calm, because I was really, my heart is just so blessed, because that was the time when I was asking people to, you know, if they want to be part of the Good Friday preaching seven last sayings. And there's this one person, although, you know, you ask people, and sometimes you don't want to get your hopes really high, okay, but also you don't want to be really pessimistic, so, okay, whatever the outcome is, but I'm surprised this person said yes. And that really just make my heart so joyful that night that even no matter what comes, I'm still going to be really happy that night. And I'm really excited for our Good Friday service. Let's pray for them. You know, it's such a privilege for us to be used by God. You know, who are we to hold this very sacred, holy thing? We are all sinners saved by the grace of God. That's why we don't take it lightly. We don't take it you know, if you're going to teach, of course, we have to really prepare. And a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm going to preach, sometimes, you know, when you like, there's just one thought, and you will really meditate on that, and it's going to take you so much time because you're trying to really, wow, Lord, this message is just amazing. And God is using us to be able to impart these great truths to other people. So it is such an honor and privilege to take his word and teach it. Education ministry is a big part. We all need to learn. You know, I've learned something that we, from the old Christians, we learned from the young ones. And the young ones, we also learned from the old ones. You know, um, Sister Astrid, can you remember that quote? Um, um, the young ones are, um, help the older ones to, to stabilize them. And the, the old ones help the young ones to energize them. Why? Because as an old people, sometimes we're so, there's a tendency that we will be stagnant with our, you know, Christian life. So the little ones, they will help us as we teach them. As we teach them, it will help us to get stabilized that we will keep on going and keep on going. But for the young ones, you know, the old ones, the old Christians, the mature Christians, we help them, of course, it will energize them 
You know, the, the old ones energize them when we teach them the words of truth. That's why we believe that we all have different situations when it comes to our spirituality. There are people who are so young in their spiritual life that needs feeding, that needs teaching of the word of God. So we all are helping each other. Amen? We are all helping each other in this kind of ministry. So never lose the wonder of this tremendous privilege. And we are all doing this ministry again for the glory, for the glory of God. That's why we have to keep on going. Amen. We have to keep on going onward. If we lose the power, if we forget how awesome it is, we will make a mess of the ministry. Wow, that was just the first one. Oh, it's already, that was already 30 minutes. Okay. So, secondly, what was the first one? Don't forget the wonder. Secondly, don't forsake the work. Don't forsake the work. The verse one says, they labor. Except the Lord build the house, they labor. Also in Colossians, Colossians 4.17 says there, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Take heed. Don't forsake the ministry. Don't forsake the work. Okay, though we are not working alone, we must still labor. You know, the ministry is always work. The ministry is toiling. The ministry is all about sweat. The ministry is about tears. Amen, when we want someone to be one for God, you know, sometimes it takes a lot of weeping. Sometimes it takes a lot of tears in order uh, for it to have like some fruit and accomplishment and fulfillment. Because it is work, the ministry of God that God has given. We will make a mess of ministry if we forsake our God-given responsibilities. And let me tell you, yes, it sounds like burdening because it is work. You know, sometimes it's really not easy just by attending, you know, services. It's hard because, you know, even just praying, closing your eyes, you know, you're tired. Praying is a service, is a ministry, and it's very easy, but sometimes it's hard. It's still work even though we just pray. Even talking to God sometimes is just work and toiling and sweat, you know. But it is never a burden. It will always bless us when we do things for God. Amen. And you know what? We always hear this concept of the greatest ability is availability. But there's actually misconception to that. It's not that you're available, then you can be used by God. You know, I believe that the gift of ability is not because you're free, amen? It is not because you have a spare time, right? The gift of this great, um, great ability, the gift of availability is you're availing yourself. You know, if there is something that needs to be done, but you're not available, but you avail yourself, you made time, you make time, that is the gift of availability. Because if the gift of availability is for someone who does things because he has an extra time, then all of us will not have an extra time because we have our own schedules in life. You know, even though you don't have anything to do, but you, you actually are doing something, right? But then the gift of availability is when there is work, even though sometimes you are busy, 
But because it is your priority, now you avail yourself in order to be available in order for that work to be done. Is that clear? That is the gift of availability. And when we do things for God, sometimes it's so sacrificial. But we want to do it because that is our priority. The ministry is always work. It is toiling. It is sweat. Colossians 1.28 says, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. You know, Paul recognized that it was God doing the work, but Paul still labored, right? He still worked with God. So now notice how Paul worded it in this letter to the first Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. It says there, For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day. See, he's talking about, you know, really working hard. Paul was laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. So even though it really takes a lot of our effort, let me encourage you, don't quit. Amen? Don't forsake the work. Don't forsake the work. Number one, don't forget the wonder. Don't forsake the work. Number three, don't fail to watch. Don't fail to watch. We can read that uh, word watch there in our text. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. We believe that it is God that protects the ministry. We believe that it is God that protects the church. We believe that God is the one who protects the home, but it is our job to keep our eyes open and to watch. You know, it, this is such a great responsibility for all the pastors, the leaders in every church. The pastor is the watchman, the Bible says. In Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 6, But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, you know how before, like, there's like a, a castle or something. What is the sword here? Maybe like an enemy or an oppressor that's going to attack you know, but if the watchman see the sword come and blow not, he should have given a sign, the watchman's uh, duty, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come, because there was no warning, and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. See? What a great responsibility for all the pastors. You know, that's why we have to like really, we hope everyone, you know, that's why the preachers keep on preaching about sin, keep on reminding us because he wants us to all be, you know, all in track. But, you know, it's not just the job of a pastor to be a watchman. The believer also is commanded to watch. Right? A lot of verses. Jesus warned his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane in Matthew 26, 41. What does the Bible say? Watch! Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch! Be alert! Be vigilant! Open your eyes! Many times in Paul's writings, he urged the believer to be watchful. 
In 1 Corinthians, there's going to be a lot of verses. I'm just going to be quick on this. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. In Colossians 4, 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. In 2 Timothy 4, 5, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. 1 Peter 4, 7, but the end of all things is at hand, be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Amen? Watch, 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 take heed. This means I need to be watching constantly. What are we supposed to be watching? Watching for wolves. You know, in Acts 20, there are um, false teachers that came into the church. No, we should keep our eyes open. We should have this uh, keen observation every time. Watching for leaven in our lives. The small things that you know, can influence us, that would spoil our life, that would uh, destroy our purity before God, that would destroy us, that would spoil us, that would dissolve us. We should watch out for those things, watching for carnal tendencies and worldly lust in our own hearts, watching for a critical attitude or negative spirit in ministry. You know, this is sometimes why people are giving up, you know, uh, all of a sudden you won't see them in the church because it started from the negative spirit. Watch out for that. You know, when we hear preachers, when we listen to teachers, oh, this is so boring. Your mind is just full of negativity. When is this going to end? That has been preached before. I'm going to hear it again. Those negative things. If you started to take care of those things in your heart and you don't deal with them, something's going to happen. There's going to be a shipwreck. Because carelessness will produce shipwreck. In 1 Timothy 1.19, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. You know, um, I took a lot of time, but actually I have a lot more. Just going to go through this. You know, because I believe as we watch, I'm going to close with this. As we watch, there are some things that we need to stop. As we observe things, as we keep our eyes open, there are some things that we need to stop. And um, this is just, you know, from browsing Facebook. I saw um, uh, one of my friends posting this, so I don't take uh, any credit on this one. Actually, there are 21 things, but I just took that one, so it's not... Um, and even, so I made it even, 20 things you should stop doing. You know, as we watch ourselves, as we um, keep our eyes open, what are the 20 things that we should stop doing? This is just practical and general uh, things that we can apply in our daily life, but also we can apply it in our service and our ministry to God. So we'll just go through this real quick. 20. Number one, stop spending time with the wrong people. Stop spending time with the wrong people. Proverbs 1, there's uh, references there. That's why I really love this because there are references. The Bible says, My son, walk not thou in the way with them. You know, as we watch, stop spending time with the wrong people. You know, um, yes, we love people, but we know if that person is influencing, influencing us not right, then that's the time when we have to um, stay away from them. Number one, stop spending time with the wrong people. Stop running from your problems. Number two, stop running from your problems. Jonah 1.3, we know what happened to Jonah. 
Okay, God wants us to deal with our problems. Amen? Don't stop running from it. Number three, stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself, Ephesians 4.21. Wherefore, putting away lying, let us speak the truth. No, and only us can determine this. Number four, stop trying to be someone you are not. Amen? Stop trying to be someone we are not. In Matthew, you know the Pharisees, the Pharisees and scribes, they feel like they're really holy and righteous, pretending something they are not, but in front of God, they're just really nothing. Numbers, number five, stop trying to go back to the past. Stop trying to go back to the past. Sometimes we can't accomplish things in life because we kept, we're so um, contained, we're so from our past. We can't do anything about it. But stop trying to go back. Number six, stop being afraid to make a mistake. You know, we can learn a lot from our failures. Amen. Stop berating yourself from your mistake. You know, we all make mistakes, but thank God because our advocate with the Father is the Lord Jesus Christ who can always offer us forgiveness. So if you make a mistake, don't berate yourself. Don't belittle ourself. You can still be used by God. You know, um, the great people, characters from the Bible, they all made a lot of mistakes, but still God used them mightily. Stop trying to buy happiness. Stop trying to buy happiness. Number nine, stop exclusively looking to others for happiness. You know, this is like when you're relying what people will give you for you to be happy. But look at yourself, what you have. Amen? Stop thinking you are not capable or ready. Build up your self-confidence and your God-confidence in Hebrews 10.35. Cast not the confidence that is in us. Eleven, stop getting involved in relationships for the wrong reasons. You know, this is, uh, that text is David and Uriah. And you know the reason why David is trying to befriend Uriah? Because he has, you know, an evil intention. But we can't do that. Let's stop. Number 12, stop rejecting new relationships because the old one did not work. I'm not talking about marriage, okay? <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, sometimes when we fail, uh, I, I hate people, I hate people, you know? But God wants us to love people. Let nothing be done through strife, the Bible says in Philippians. Stop being jealous of others. Amen? Take invent inventory of your own blessings. 14. Stop complaining and feeling sorry for yourself. Stop complaining. Philippians 2.14. Do all things without murmurings. Amen? So let's stop complaining. As we go, for uh, go forward, go onward. Amen? Let's not complain. Stop holding grudges. Genesis 24.41 is the, the story of Esau and Jacob. And we know the story. 16. Stop letting others bring you down to their level. Amen. 17. Stop proving yourself to others, especially those who will never approve you. You know, when we do things for God, when we minister, don't Look for the approval, the praise of man, but the approval of God only. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. Not approved unto man, always only God. 18, stop always trying to make things perfect. You know, uh, we're all imperfect people and we can do our best 
and God will do the rest, you know. Number 19, stop always thinking the worst before you think the best of others. You know, Matthew 7, 1 and 2, judge not that ye be not judged. Avoid horns and halo approaches to people. We put horns on people we do not like and never see the good they do. Both are errors in flesh, in fleshy judgment and do more harm and create more injustices in the long run. You know, this is really, we can apply this in our service to God. You know, sometimes, oh, I can do better than you. You know, we should not judge. We should always look the best in others. Lastly, stop holding back on God and the church when you don't like something or someone in the church. We don't serve people. We serve God. Amen. We only serve God. Someone, I think I put that verse, the only last verse. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. We should always focus on God and whatever happens, whatever happens in this church, we should not hold back on the things that we can do for God. You know, I'm so encouraged when I announced this morning about our Easter Sunday, all of a sudden there's like a lot of messages from our church members and maybe some of them, they haven't been part of our, you know, um, virtual choir, but I'm just really glad that they signed up. And right now we have like uh, 33 33 from our church who signed up. From 17 this morning, now it's 33. Now, I always take a testimony. Uh, let me just share one of the blessings that we, um, we really are so um, glad to have now. Um, Sister Amya is here with us always, every Sunday since she started you know, coming to our church. So uh, live stream, maybe you don't see her, but she is actually part of our choir. She's singing. She's, she's here when uh, she was here yesterday for the practice, and she's here today. And it's just a blessing that we can see her faithfully, consistently, in spite of, amen, in spite of her condition. But she always has the heart to use her life to serve God and to glorify her name. So, Sister Amya, we're so blessed by your life, and our prayer is always with you. Let's pray. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all these things that you have entrusted us. This ministry, Lord, I hope that we'll be able to do them wholeheartedly. Lord, I know that there are times when uh, there's just too much going on in our lives. And sometimes when the things that we give to you, instead of... Um, the best ones, we give you the spare ones, Lord. And please forgive us if we do those things sometimes. And uh, help us, Lord God, to um, redirect our, our attention to what really matters in this world. To keep our priority because um, you don't want any other um, gods that we um, put in our lives. You always want to be first, and you deserve to be served because you have ministered to us. You have showed us um, you, sh you have showed us how to serve. You have ministered to us when you were here. And this is just actually the least thing that we can do for you. And um, if there is someone here in our midst who doesn't have a real relationship with God yet, and you want to serve God, that is a very promising 
desire. But in order for you to serve God, you have to be saved first. You have to be saved first. You have to be part of His family. You have to be part of His kingdom. And the way to salvation was made easy by the hard work that Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says, if, we, if you will just believe in your heart and you will confess that God raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. If you will just put your trust and faith in the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, because the Bible says that He is the only way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. He is the ticket. He is the key to heaven. To have a relationship with God, you need Christ in your heart. And to all our um, members in our church, our church is really small, but I believe that the Lord is using our church to impact the world and our community. So my encouragement is, let's keep on going forward. Let's keep on going onward. Let's keep on serving God. And remember that we are never alone. You are never alone. God is always with you, that He will always help us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the message this afternoon, and I pray that you answer the hearts and prayers of each one this afternoon. Lord, this world is just crashing, and when we look around us, it seems like the world is falling apart. But if we look into your word and your promises, it is actually falling together. It is falling together. It is not falling apart. So we believe, Lord, that you are always in control. So help us to do what we can now, because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in the future. But the things that we can do for now, Lord, please help us to do it. To do it wholeheartedly, to do it joyfully, to do it with smile in our faces and hearts and that people would see that serving you really is something, that serving you really is not a waste of time, but it, it is worth our time. Lord, thank you, thank you so much for all these privileges, for all these pleasures that you have given us. And Lord, I just want to give all the glory and praises to your name. We pray this in the name of the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you.